I'm actually really excited to speak because I really believe that God gave me a word for tonight. Um, I kind of started getting this word, I would say, a couple of months ago. I was reading through Hebrews, and I really felt like God was really starting to talk to me about faith. And I don't know if it was because he was trying to get something across to me, which is like, duh, of course he was. (laughs) Because most often, it's like, the Lord, when I preach or have preached in the past, he's usually talking to me about it first, like about myself personally. And it's something that I just like to share, but even more than that, I really, really felt like there was a word for you guys tonight specifically, and I love the book of Hebrews because it's all about, a lot of it is about faith, the faith chapters in there, and it's just one of my favorite scriptures and passages of scripture. So tonight, I'm just going to kind of piggyback off of Jordan. So Jordan, great job. You set me up beautifully for tonight, Um, but uh, if you guys can remember last week, he talked about Goliath, and I loved how he left us off. He gave us a lot of time last week, if you remember, to think about the Goliaths in your life. And what a Goliath is, it's like a giant that is too big for you that you can't seem to overcome. And we had a really good discussion in our small group, and apparently the guys did too, which is great. But I love that he asked that last week because there's always, and I mean there will always be Goliaths in our lives. It's like you think you, con- you do and you conquer one, and then another one comes. And then you conquer that, and then later down the road, another one comes. And that's not to bring on fear or not to bring on worry or anxiety around that, but it's just the truth. And we get these victories, and we have these amazing things that happen with God where we get past something, but then it's like another thing is right around the corner after that. And it's all because... Um, not all because, but it's, it's really cool to see and look back on the things that God has done in your life. It's just a really beautiful thing when you can see the victories. But tonight, I wanted to start off by sharing one of my favorite life verses. Um, Titus, if you could bring that, Philippians 4.13 says, yes, <laughs> Riley, Riley just said it. So I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah, and it's very, it's a very common passage of scripture, but just because it's common, I think sometimes we can just down, not downplay it, but almost it's just kind of like, you know, something that's a part of your life that just becomes mundane almost, but there's so much power in that scripture verse. I can do, it doesn't just say some things, it doesn't just say I can do this thing or that thing or a specific thing. It says, I can do everything. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And whatever circumstance or thing that seems way too big for you, God's word is that to us, that we can really do anything through Christ. And so today, I really wanted to talk about somebody in this Bible that I love (laughs) to talk about because I think he's really relatable. And not only that, but he's just, I think, a really great example of faith. I really do. Um, So does anybody want to guess who I'm talking about aside from a leader? Jordan? No? If you guess it, I will give you a piece of candy. (laughs) John? Oh, yeah, John knows. Did you know? John knew. You cheated. But yes, I'm going to give you a piece of candy anyway. Can you have Twix? 
I know. All the leaders answered, and he said Peter, so therefore it gave it away. <laughs> so, anyway. Yes, I'm going to talk about Peter tonight. Um, Peter, what, what did you say? I'm good, thank you. I got my water. I might in a little bit, so thanks, Titus, for bringing that up. Um, I love Peter um, just because, like I said, I believe that he's a really relatable character in the Bible. Um, he was not necessarily a teenager, they don't think, but um, he was, they believed, like, I found this, and when I was talking to Tim about Peter, he, we were talking about, and having this dialogue, but think about when Jesus started his public ministry, he was 30 years old, and rabbis, which is what Jesus was, considered he was a teacher of faith and that, um, and if you were a rabbi, your students and those that are under you are younger. So if Jesus is 30 years old, um, that it's likely to think that all of his disciples were teens into their young 20s just because of the age of Jesus alone, because Jesus was considered and he was a rabbi. And so Peter, even though we don't know if he was a teenager and we don't technically know how old he was, it's fair to like assume that he was fairly young. Like he was pretty young still. And yeah, and just like Caitlin said, he acted like he was young. Um, and not only that, but to just take it one step further, Peter had really young faith. Like all of the disciples really did. It's like he called, Jesus called him out, and then they're like, he's like, follow me. And the disciples were like, yes, okay. You know, and so if you think about that, they don't have really any basis other than what the scripture t- had talked about, about the coming Messiah, and that was their foundation, and so when Jesus shows up on the scene, it's like they don't really have any basis for believing him and trusting in his word, and so their faith was very young, and Peter's faith was really young, but he wasn't hesitant to follow Jesus, and he would do whatever Jesus asked of him. He was always that guy that would be like, yes, Jesus, and he'd always be the one chiming in like, oh, I'm your guy, you know, and he was so proud, and he was so zealous, and he was really passionate about Jesus, and he just wanted to be by his side, and he was bold, and he wasn't afraid to speak his mind, and he was just out there, and it showed that Peter had really great faith, even though at times he was weak, and there were times where he was stubborn. There were times that he was, um, I guess you would say hot-headed, maybe it would be the word for that. <laughs> um, he, was, he was very much um, that person that was just right there. And so there's pluses and minuses in that, right? So the scripture that I'm coming out of today is Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Does anybody want to read that tonight? Okay, Jada. So do you want to pull that up, Titus? Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. (laughs) Huh? Oh, night fell while he was there alone. 
Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. After three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to him at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of the God, they exclaimed. Yeah, grab a piece, grab a piece of candy. That was awesome. That was, that was a long chunk of scripture. In case you guys didn't know, it was like weird the way it flipped back there, <laughs> so it was kind of strange, but, um, so we could look at this passage, right, and, you know, you could look at it two ways. He succeeded or he failed, right? The success was in the fact that he walked on the water, Peter, but the failure was the fact that he sank, right? So I just want you to picture this scenario, guys, okay? So think about, like, across the room, and you're in this boat, and you're exhausted because previously you just fed a mass amount of people. Or, and you'd been doing ministry. And you're exhausted because you've just been pouring yourself out. And you're in this boat. And all of a sudden, there's the wind and the waves. And it's tumultuous in the water. And you're just in this boat. And you're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you see Jesus. And he's like, slowly approaching you on the water. And here's what I would think, and I think I'm not alone in this. What am what is that? <laughs> like I would I'd probably think what is that? Because I don't think anybody just sees anything walking on water, not even fish, not even anything, you know? Fish don't walk, but <laughs> if you're tired, you might <laughs> I've never seen a fish walk. Um but you just see this, you see this figure coming your way, and you're so exhausted that I think in my mind's eye, I would think, yeah, I'm definitely hallucinating. Wouldn't you agree? Like, if you were in the same situation, you would probably think you were hallucinating, and that's where the disciples were at. And so as Jesus comes closer, you know, it's amazing that dialogue that happens, and Peter was, I'm just pointing out, the only one that took that step of faith out onto the water. And he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And he comes, and he takes a step, boop, and he walks on the water. But what he did was he started to look at his surrounding circumstances. Instead of keeping his eyes fixed on Jesus, he, he looked around him, and he saw how big the wind and the waves were, and it caused him to fall. And then in that passage, Jesus says, why did you doubt? Or you of little faith. But I look on that passage thinking, wow, Peter had a lot of faith to actually believe Jesus. He could step on water. But the moment he took his eyes off of the Lord was the moment the circumstances became too big for him. But immediately he didn't have that. (coughs) Sorry. And in my own life, there have been so many times that I've experienced something similar like that, where something has seemed too big, and 
It's like initially you start to step out and move in faith, and then you doubt, and then you, and then you move backwards. And I wanted to just share a little circumstance of my life that wasn't that long ago, actually. And I'm a person that I'm really kind of an independent person. I really think through decisions. I process things really deeply, and so much so that I really, really don't ask for help very well. <laughs> it's just the honest truth. I'm getting better at it, but it is hard for me to ask for help. And take that a little further, sometimes it's hard for me to ask the Lord for help. And just in my vulnerability, it's, it can be difficult when you, when you are such a deep thinker for myself because I think I can figure things out in my own strength sometimes instead of bringing them to God. And one of the times was after I got back from Australia, I did a discipleship program, YWAM, and towards the end of my trip, I got really sick. And I think I've shared this with you guys before, but this is a different thing that happened. <clears throat> and in that time frame, when I was set to come home, I felt like the Lord had told me, I don't want you, when you go home, to get a job at all. I want you to take a Sabbath, and I want you to Sabbath for an entire month. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, you know. I'm still trying to get better. I need to figure my life out because <laughs> I just got home. I knew I was supposed to be in Butte. I knew that's what God wanted me to do. But I was like, okay. So I trusted God, and that's what I did. I came home from Australia, and I just chose to obey him in the sense where I just took a whole month off. I didn't look for work. I didn't go out seeing what jobs were available for me. And that's kind of difficult because I was 23 years old at this time. And it just kind of appeared like I'm just being a bum, living in my parents' house, doing nothing. And it was really challenging and it really challenged my faith because in my mind, I'm thinking that I should be doing this and I should be getting a job I'm having the pressures from my family and just the, our culture to just, you got to work to get money. And I had a really hard time trusting God. I really did. But I knew that that's what he told me to do, that you need to Sabbath. And it was so beautiful because towards the end of that time, um, I, had, <laughs> I had so much temptation come my way. Temptation to get jobs. People kept giving me jobs and this, that, or the other. But I kept feeling like feeling like the Holy Spirit was saying, no, you need to trust me. No, you need to trust me. It was really hard because I couldn't do that in my own strength. Like, I really, really couldn't do that. And so towards the end of that time, I did get a job opportunity that came up, and it was really, really just for me, and it was a beautiful opportunity, and I took it. And it was really a gift in what God wanted me to do before I came on staff at the church. And um, but it was really hard because I had to trust him. But it's so easy when you have a word from God and something seems so impossible to you, like to start looking at all of the other things around you and trying to talk yourself out of doing that thing that God just told you to do. Or it can be something even um, where there is just something that you're going on a path and it's a difficult circumstance that just completely sidetracks side you. And you're going down this road and you really need God's help. But it can be easy to not trust God in those times. 
And just like Peter, when he walked on the water, he took his eyes off the Lord and he sank. The moment we take our eyes off of Jesus, I believe, is the time when we really, really do sink and when our faith falters. And so I shared this story because I wanted you guys to see how easy it is to get your eyes off of the Lord. Like, in that time when the Lord told me to Sabbath and not do anything, I got so stressed (laughs) when I didn't submit and when I didn't take things to the Lord, like in resting God, when I just started trying to do this and look for jobs and stuff. And then I I was so anxious and I was so stressed out because I knew that (laughs) it wasn't what I should be doing. But the more that I leaned into the Lord, the more peace that I got and the more assurance that I got. And so that was just kind of like a little bit of an example in my life of how when we don't put our faith in Jesus and we don't look at him, how easy it is to sink and how unsteady it really does feel. And so I'm going to bring up what I talked about at the beginning, Hebrews 12.1, just to kind of really massage this in thought process into you guys, is Hebrews 12.1-2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, and it just got done talking about all of the pillars of faith in the Bible, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And this is the part I really, really want you guys to just really zero in on, so pay attention here. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. So look at that. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus because he is the one who initiated and perfected our faith. And he was our prime example, right? Like, if anybody is an example, it's Jesus, because he had to do the most impossible thing by dying on the cross for us. But he had the joy of us set before him, and he, he knew, like, he just knew. And so it was just, I think if there's anything that you guys take from tonight, and I'm going to give you some tips and some ideas of how to really do this, um, but I want you to understand that faith is impossible apart from fixing our eyes on the Lord. Like, faith comes from looking at Jesus because he is our example. He is who we need to look towards. And just like it said in that scripture about Jesus, and then going back to Peter, like, it was in fixing the gaze that that faith was able to engage. And so there's a few ways that um, are really practical that I want to share tonight to kind of help you guys really, like, get this into you, but the first thing I think that we can do to fix our eyes on Jesus is to read his word, and a couple of weeks ago, that's what Isaac talked about, and one of the reasons I wanted to see if you guys remembered, because he brought this really powerful message about the Bible, and if you remember, he had the sponge, and he was saying, like, what you pour into it, you're going to get out of it, like, and to really glean from the word, because when it gets into you, it's what comes out, and the word is so powerful, and it was a really good message, and I would really encourage you guys to really, really just think about that message that Isaac brought, because it was really, really good, because God's word is his instruction for us. It's, 
It's breath, it's life, and I like to say it's his love story to us that gives us all of the tools that we need, and it says in his word, for life and godliness. Like, everything we need for life and godliness. And um, Romans ten seventeen even says, um, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. And I think so many times jumping into scripture can be kind of intimidating, right? Like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. You know, it's, it seems like it's boring, you know. <laughs> there are so many things we can think of when we think about reading the word of God sometimes, but I want to challenge you guys to pray this prayer about God's word because I think that if you pray this, God will answer it. Actually, I know he will answer it, but I would encourage you all to pray. If you have a hard time getting into the word of God, to pray and ask Lord, the Lord to give you a desire for his word. Because I've been in that place, and I think everybody could say at one time of their life they've been in that place where they haven't desired to read the word of God. But it is so important to read his word because it sharpens our faith because it is our manual for life. And just like Isaac was talking about, when you get squeezed, if you know scripture, that's just what's going to come out. Like, and it's for your goodness. It's for life. It helps you. And um, Psalm 119 verse 105 says, his word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And um, when I was telling Isaac about what I was going to share and said, oh, I'm going to bring up your passage, he, he told me about this scripture verse that I totally forgot about. Um, Titus, if you want to bring that up, it's John 5, 37 to 39. It says, And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom you sent. In this part especially, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is that they bear witness about me. And I love that passage of scripture um, because the scriptures, if you paid attention, it says it bears witness about Jesus. And so when we read his word, we're drawing close to him. Like we are getting to know Jesus. We are, we are really, really building that relationship and we are coming close to him. And, and I'd like to say just one step further it's a way that you fix your eyes upon Jesus. It's one of the primary ways. It's like, I don't know how to fix my eyes on the Lord. Well, the best way to start is in his word because it bears witness about him. And it says also at the beginning of John, the word was God. Like, it was with God and it was God. And so when we read scripture and it gets into you, that is just one of the best ways that you can get to know the Lord and fix your gaze on him because it really, really is his manual to us for life. And as you read it, it gets in you, it comes out of you, and it's just really powerful, guys. It's really powerful. And so if you have a hard time, I would really encourage you when you go home tonight to pray that prayer. Lord, please help me to have a desire for your word. And I didn't write this in my notes, but I actually did at one point. I was also at YWAM while I was there. Um, pray that prayer. But before that, I always struggled to read. I hated reading. I really hated reading. It was so hard. It wasn't hard for me. I was a good reader, but 
I did not like it. I, I really, really did not like it. And I remember my best friend at the time and Rachel, um, the Merrick's mom. <laughs> so she, like, she, they prayed for me to, like, get a love for God's word. They really did. And I was, like, laughing, kind of secretly laughing that they would actually pray that prayer for me. But their prayers worked. And so sometimes it's even not just praying that prayer to God, but also being vulnerable with a friend and saying, hey, I'm having a really hard time getting into scripture. Would you pray for me? Or would you do a Bible study with me? Because it's really powerful when you also invite other people into that and go deep with one another. So if you, that's just another thing that I would encourage you guys to do if you have a hard time getting into God's word. So um, the next thing that I think we could do to fix our eyes on Jesus is just to spend time worshiping him. This is something that I'm really, really passionate about. Um, I don't know why, if you guys didn't know, no, (laughs) but I, you know, I just think that when we worship him, it takes our eyes off of the problems, and it gets our eyes onto God, and it's something that works. It truly, truly works. I mean, there have been times in my life where I'm struggling in my faith, but when I choose to worship God, it's almost like I forget about whatever was just bothering me, because I realized how big God was, and I love that quote that says, don't tell God that you have a big problem. Tell your problem that you have a big God. Yes, get wrecked. Um, I just, I think that quote is so powerful because we have a big God, right? We have a really big God, and he is above all, he's in all, he's through all. So when we fix our eyes on him, we make our God great, and our problems become smaller and smaller when we really, really see him as he is. And even jo- even though Jordan talked about David last week, I want to bring him up again because I think David was a really great example of what this looked like. Um, David, he was a beautiful worshiper. He was such a beautiful worshiper because every time he would have something going wrong in his life, and boy, did he have a lot of problems that happened in his life, um, he would worship God. He would choose to worship God in the midst of facing problems, and he'd continually pour his heart out before the Lord. And sometimes he would start by complaining, but a lot of the psalms that he wrote ended in praise. Like he would say, here's what's going on, my life stinks, blah, 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 but, but you are holy, yet I love you. And, and that's worship, you guys. That's taking your eyes off of your problems and exalting the Lord and saying, I know that this is what is happening, but this is the reality. Like, I know that this problem that I'm facing seems really huge right now, but God. And it takes our smallness of our circumstances and just makes them even smaller because God is so amazing and he's so big and he's above all and he is so worthy, and he's worthy to be worshiped in the midst of our problems. And one of my favorite quotes that I say often is um, something that I've heard from Bill Johnson out of Bethel Church, and he says, this life is a really beautiful opportunity to worship God because we will not have suffering in heaven. And so it's the only time that we actually get a choice to worship the Lord is here on earth, is in our suffering, because 
when we go to heaven, all the pain and everything is going to be washed away. And so worship God when you feel like you're struggling in your faith. Worship God and thank him for who he is when you have circumstances that seem beyond your control or beyond your ability because it really, really puts things into perspective. It really does. And so the last thing I have um, that can help with fixing our eyes on Jesus is just to pray and practice active listening. And it kind of seems like that's all of these points are really simple, but it's getting into the practice and the habit of them that matters. Because sometimes I think it seems like you could hear these things time after time after time after time again, but I don't think we can hear it enough. Because even no matter how long you've been following the Lord and how much you've been giving your life to him like daily, there are still times that it is hard to get into his word. It can be difficult to worship God, and sometimes you don't want to pray. It's just the truth. And so I think sometimes we need these practical things to help us to keep going and reminders all the time because I've believed in the Lord for 15-plus years now, and sometimes it's hard to do these things when you are struggling with your faith. And the third thing I bring is just practice active listening and praying. And it seems so simple, but God really wants to be involved in your life. He wants to hear you. He wants to talk to you. And he wants to be active in the things that you're going through in your life. Like, he cares. And I have a sign in my living room, and I bought it recently, but it really, it's just a really fun reminder to me that I look at often. And it says, if God, if you are praying about it, God is working on it. And it is a really helpful reminder because sometimes it's like I shared earlier, I'm a deep thinker, so I try to, like, figure things out in my own strength that I need to pause and I need to be like, okay, I need to pray about this. I can't just go into my mind and start trying to figure this all out on my own. And so give your problems to God. Pray about it. Talk to him about it. And then listen. Like, try to listen. Practice being still. Practice trying to hear the voice of God because he wants to talk to you. And First Thessalonians 5.19 says, pray without ceasing. And that scripture just tells me that God wants to talk to us all the time. Never stop praying. Never stop talking to God because he wants to be involved in your life. And 1 Peter 5, 7 says to give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. God wants to be involved in your life. He desires and wants to walk through this life with you. We're not meant to do it alone. We were never meant to do it alone. And it's just like locking eyes with Jesus like Peter did when he locked his eyes with Jesus. It was almost like, I can do the impossible. I can do the impossible because my eyes, that's all that matters. That's all that matters is I'm looking at Jesus, the author and the perfecter of my faith, who I know for certain will not let me fall. And when we have circumstances and we have things in our lives that we're going through, things that seem so ridiculously impossible, God is for you. He's not going to let you down, and he wants to be involved, and he loves you. 
And so he designed us to be in relationship with him, and he wants to walk with us in everything, in everything. And so I just encourage you guys tonight to take a couple of the things what I've talked about, whether it be reading his word. I would just challenge you to just spend five minutes a day, just five minutes of your day, or even just reading the scripture of the day, just to try to start getting the word of God into you. This builds faith. It builds faith. Or even worshiping God, like instead of listening to some of the songs that are on the radio, that are on the average radio, turn a worship song on. It's as simple as that. Like, just turn one on. Play it. And then just pray, you know? Sometimes it's like just a matter of like, I don't know, as easy as God. I'm tired today. (laughs) It really is. Like, Lord, help me, help me get through my day. Just simple, just simple, simple prayers because God hears every single one of them. And like I said, he truly desires to be involved in your guys' lives. So.